0: You're listening to Momentum, a show that helps men succeed in life. Go as slow as you can before you you try and find someone. Um, And also make sure you're not doing it to try and satisfy some emptiness you have.
1: Now, here's your hosts, Tim and Des.
0: Well, wherever you are around Australia,
1: hey, thanks so much for tuning in to Momentum with uh, Tim and Des. Uh, Looking forward to uh, exploring another great topic this week. But uh, Des, before we go any further, it's good to have you here, my friend.
2: I'm really delighted to be here as always. What a gift it is that we can talk to men all around Australia and and impart some knowledge that you and I don't have, but others have. (laughs) (laughs) That's really cool, and we're really delighted to have back this week uh, Matt Prater, Pastor Matt Prater from uh, New Hope Church. Uh, And so he's uh, he spoke last week about divorce and about some of the guidelines that you need as you uh, traverse that. So today we want to talk about the after effects of divorce for the want of a better word, Matt, tell us about what happened after your divorce and how you went through that next part of your journey.
0: Mm. So uh, a bit of my story. So I was married from 20 to 25 and then at the age of 25, uh, my first wife uh, left me for another guy and I was just devastated. You know, it was like rock bottom. At the same time, the company I worked for went bust. Uh, you know, I moved to a new city. I moved from Coffs Harbour to Brisbane, and I didn't really have many friends in Brisbane. I had a few workmates, but I didn't really know anyone up here. I was kind of new to to the city, um, but I did find a good church. So I was at a church called the Vineyard Church, which was, um, you know, a couple hundred people uh, had a real heart for the poor, um, and the pastor was a little bit older than me. And the good thing uh, in that season was, you know, he took me under his wing and believed in me and helped me and walked me through it. And uh, I had a good Christian counsellor that helped me in that time as well. And uh, and I can remember just immersing myself in, in that church life. Um, uh, I remember going to the Alpha courses there. I remember um, helping out with uh, uh, some of the outreach ministries for the homeless that they do. And I just remember thinking, you know, it's good to get involved in church life to take my mind off all that rubbish that had been going on Um, in in my personal life, yeah. Can I ask, Matt,
1: how how did the church respond to you then as a newly single dad but as a divorced person? Did you feel like there was some kind of kickback from the church or certain people within the church? Did you feel like there was a stigma attached to you now as a divorced man?
0: Yeah. The good thing about that church is it's probably one of the least religious churches I've ever been at. Amen. um it's a really modern kind of a church yeah. and and you know they they just they just loved me, they just really cared for me oh, and so and nurtured me through that time um and you know over the years um i've talked to people who are very legalistic and very religious when it comes to this topic and have not shown me love have not shown grace and mercy and um, people get out their Bibles and they quote this and that and the, and, and it's like whoa, you know where's your love you know <laughs> yeah. um and and so i could definitely say that's experience with that church but i know it's not the experience in every church unfortunately
2: yeah yeah it's so hard because uh, sometimes you, you you and your partner or wife have gone to the same church and then all of a sudden you know divorce hap- happens and so what do you do, do yeah. you go along and be uncomfortable in that the churches you were in or do you find a new home or do you do a home group for a while or mm. what would you recommend to men in that space?
0: If it's a small church, it's pretty difficult for the couple to mm. stay in the same church if they're separated yeah. or divorced, you know. Um, if it's a larger church, maybe you could get away with it, go to different services or yeah. sit on different sides or I don't know, you know, you, could, you probably could. But um, in, in my experience, most couples end up changing churches, yeah. You've shared a bit about the fact that this experience for you pushed you into your faith Mm. right
1: and look if i'm really honest the same thing for me back in 2012 when i went through the same thing uh, it really pushed me into the lord like never before but i did have a kind of crossroads a few months in where i kind of remember saying to to god if this is what it's all about because i wasn't feeling the love from my church let's just be honest about that um if this is what it's all about i'm not sure that i want this anymore and I did have this kind of crossroads moment going, Lord, if, if this is what it's about, I don't want it. But if you're really real in all of this and you still love me and blah, 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 then I want to find that. Mm. And thankfully I went down that road. I didn't walk away from my faith. But for guys perhaps who are in that moment right now, the crossroads moment of going, I hear what you're saying, but after everything that's happened, and to be honest, some of the judgments I might be getting from from church folk and you know this thing that's happening with my wife, and it's really affecting my faith. Mm. And I'm not sure what to do with that because I
0: know that that's probably the best place for me, but I'm just really struggling right now. Yeah. Speak to guys in that space. Yeah, yeah, that's good, mate. And, you know, once again, it all comes back to Jesus. Um, you know, we'll never find a perfect church, and the moment you find it, you'll ruin it. You'll ruin it because you're not perfect, you know. Um, and the, one of the worst things about Christianity is Christians who who are nasty. Yeah. Who, who get out yeah. their Bibles and they bash people and, you know, yeah. You know, we've all had uh, Bible-quoting Christians that have, you know, uh, said horrible things to us in the past. and um, So we need to take our eyes off the people and put our eyes back on Jesus because he is perfect. Mm. He is love. You know, God is love, the Bible says. And, and, you know, I love the, the fact that in 1 Corinthians 12, 13 and 14, it talks about spiritual gifts. But in the middle of it, it talks about love. Yeah, Love is patient, love is kind, it isn't rude, it's not self-seeking. Um, love always hopes, always perseveres, you know. That's who God is. Yeah. And we need to be able to take out the word love and put our name in. Now, could you say that? Des is yeah. patient, Des is kind, Des is, you know. Uh, on occasions. <laughs> on occasions, yeah. <laughs> um, and and really we need to come back to love ourselves and, yeah. and the love of God. Um, but, you know, I hear what you're saying, Tim, you know, Sometimes when you're going through that time and people are speaking uh, horrible things and, and you're going, you know, I would just say don't don't be offended by what the people have said. I, I've always tried to have an unoffendable spirit. That's good. You know, yeah, no I matter what that. people say to me, I try and let it, like water off a duck's back. Yeah. Just be unoffendable. Um, don't let those words uh, cut me down uh, and come back to what Jesus says about me. He loves me. He's forgiven me. He's full of grace. He's got a plan for me. And, uh, you know, i just digress for a moment. One thing that's really changed my life recently has been a book called Two Chairs by a guy named Bob Bodine from America. Wow. And uh, he, he shares in the book that every morning you should get up early and set up two chairs. You sit in one chair and in the other chair, that's the chair for Jesus. Mm. And ask God to speak to you about what you're going through in your life. And he says there's three questions. Number one, do you know my situation? And we know the answer is yes. Number two, is it too hard for you? And we know the answer is no. And then the third question is, do you have a good plan for me? And the answer is always yes. God has a good plan for us. You know, and so I've been doing that just for the last few weeks, actually, since I preached on it at my church recently. and But I've been doing it, I get up in the morning and I, and I do my devotions and I pray. And then I sit in front of the chair and I say, God, do you know my situation? Is, is it too hard for you? Have you got a good plan for me? You know, and then he uses the 80 20 rule 20% is talking, 80% is listening to God. Yeah. And this is the hard thing for a guy like me. But okay, I just, like sit, all of us. Yeah. And I just sit and I listen. Yeah. I just feel God speaks to me about my kids, about my wife, about my job, or whatever I'm getting, my health yeah. battles or whatever. And I just find that He speaks to me and, and I think that's what we need to come back to. Stop stop listening to all the voices of the people out there that are saying all sorts of rubbish. Come back to the voice of God and let him speak to us in your two chairs. Early in the day and starts your day right. That's
2: that's a lovely idea. I think <laughs> I think if if there's one piece of advice you're given, yeah, I think that's fantastic for guys who are going through what we're talking about. That's really cool. Yeah, and and it leads me to the next question we have for you, which is about. Loneliness. And and you said earlier that what you do in your world, or did do when you were through divorce, was busy yourself in church work. Yeah. And that's where your heart was. But there's a lot of guys who would be listening, maybe don't go to church, mm. or maybe don't have as strong a faith as you had. yeah. Um, and you know, one answer is get involved in church, and, yeah, that, yeah. and they get that, right, or get involved with men's groups. But what other advice would you give as a pastor, I guess, to men who are feeling the loneliness? Because the friends who they had maybe in church previously yeah. don't want to know them now. Yeah, you know? They yeah. don't want to take them out to dinner because you're a single guy, whereas we went out to dinner as a couple. So there's that sort of reaction.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, so
2: how would you speak into that?
0: Yeah, you know, uh, you know and, and the thing is, um, us blokes, um, you know, we, we need to connect with other people. And, you know, just one, one example for me recently is um, I've been coaching my daughter's basketball team oh. and I've learned this whole new world about basketball, you know, and I'm getting to know all the mums and the dads in the team and I'm connecting with all these people outside of my church world, you know, and outside of my, you know, my family, you know, because I've got my, my church family, friends, and I've got my my, my close family friends, but now I've got this whole new circle of people that I've connected with, and I think sometimes we need to think outside the box. If we're going through a a time where we're lonely and we're feeling isolated, um, maybe join a a sporting club, you know, go and connect with with the local footy team or the basketball team or something, you know, um, because there's some great communities out there, and, you know. One of the one of the big biggest problems in today's society is we isolate yeah. we think we're social because we're on social media all the time, but that's not really connecting with people that's you know that's very superficial you need face to face you need some real connections with people so get out and about and connect with some people uh, and and have some real conversations with people not just talk about talk about the weather or talk about the sporting score or whatever you know yeah um, ask ask questions and get to know people and you know, it, you'll find it'll really fill your tank uh, having healthy relationships with people.
2: Yeah, and and you know, it's it's uh, so easy. And and you know, we all have friends who are going through divorce or separation, whatever, and they lock themselves in their in yeah. their their houses, and they they don't find new friends, they don't find new mm. things to do, and you know. Yeah. And those people are everywhere. And so they, but that's really sound advice. Get out and join a club, Mm -hmm. get out and, you know, go walking and meet people and and socialize because that's okay to us as a, as a, as a man or a woman, just to get out there and meet people and get to know people. Yeah. Yeah. There's always people who will talk. (laughs) Yeah, that's
1: right. (laughs) Let's take that a step further. We've, we've, we've been out there, we've socialized and we've met someone. How do we know, <laughs> right? I mean, obviously it's probably going to be hopefully a slower process because yeah. we have a little bit cautious, but yeah. how do we know if we're ready to start dating then? Once we've been through the divorce, we've had a, a period of singledom, you know, we've, we've been out socializing, we've done some work on ourselves and all of a sudden someone pops into our life. What are some things that might indicate that we're actually ready to start dating or perhaps some things that might indicate that we're actually not ready yet, that mm. someone's there, but you know, I'm just not, quite there yet yeah, to start yeah. that process again.
0: Yeah. And, you know, of course, we have to be careful about the rebound relationship, you know. Mm, yeah. I've seen that happen a lot of times, Yeah, when people just jump from one to the next, you know, because they just can't be single, you know. Um, and, you know, my, my wife's actually got a, a great testimony of that. She was um, uh, with a guy from 20 to 25, and uh, he broke her heart, and then she was single, uh, and she came back to the Lord, and She then said to God, I'm not going to date anyone until you bring the right one along. And then she waited seven years until I turned up. And she actually wrote a list to God of what she wanted in a man. Uh, All it said is he's got to have teeth. No, no, no. no. no, It it actually said things like, you know, he's got to be tall, he's got to have a good sense of humour, hello, you know. He's got to want to have kids, he's got to be a good provider. She wrote a list and then she just put it in a drawer and just gave it to God. And then she just didn't date anyone she just didn't chase after anyone, she just chased after God. Wow. And then it, she almost got to a point where she just wasn't interested in looking for a man right. and then I turned up and I was nothing what she thought she was going to end up with, mm. um, you know, a divorcee from Coffs Harbour, you know, country bumpkin, you know. Um, and I was a bit of a dag, you know, like I was nothing like she thought I was going to be, uh, like like her spouse would be, you know. And then when we fell in love and and uh and uh I proposed. Um she said yes and then she went and found that list and found that I was every single thing on that list of ten things on that list. Wow. And um so she just waited for the right one to come along. Yeah. And um she just put her order into God and then forgot about it. Just sought first the kingdom of God, you know. So so I think that's you know I tell that story to say, you know, um I believe we need to just be patient and wait for God to bring the right one along and not chase after people too. I've seen people just run around rebounding, chasing after this and that person, you know. Um, we we need to trust in the Lord to provide the right one at the right time. Yeah. So, uh, and this would be
1: ideally a question for her, but if you can answer on her behalf or as best as you can, that if she's focused on the Lord for seven years yeah. and all of a sudden you come along, yeah, what was it about you that... I suppose awoke her to the fact that you could be somebody <laughs> that could step into that
0: space you know yeah, what i mean yeah, yeah well i'll tell you what it was I god said
2: it was obvious yeah well,
0: <laughs> my, my good looks of course yeah <laughs> um well it it really was god because um i'm telling you i you know we worked together for like a year or so and we were work friends and we knew each other pretty well um and she, like she'd actually even babysat Lydia um, before, you know, so she knew my little girl, you know. So we kind of we were quite close, and we were doing the Alpha course together at the church. We, we knew each other quite well, you know. And I knew that she was not interested in me in me at all, you know. Like we'd li- literally be driving along, uh, going to a work appointment, and she'd say something like, "Where are all the good Christian men?" I'm like, "Hello, what am I, chopped liver?" You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> she, 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 I was not in her radar at all, you know. And then when I asked her out. She was totally gobsmacked, totally blindsided. She had no idea whatsoever that I was interested in her, and and when she and then everything changed as soon as I asked that question, you know, because you know we were in the friend zone, you know, mm, mm. <laughs> and then when I when I asked her, she was like, "Well, you know," um, and then she said, "We can date, but no one's allowed to know. It has to be a complete secret." Wow. I'm like, okay, so we, she was yeah. embarrassed by you. I, I don't know. <laughs> uh, probably. I mean, check me out. You know, but um, but you know, And she said no kissing, no touching, no hand, no nothing. I'm like, okay. Right. What are you a nun? You know. <laughs> anyway, and so we dated secretly for like I don't know, maybe a month or two, um, and then she just ended up falling head over heels for me. Can you believe it? She, you know, she's she's only human. You know. So, mm. um, but it was re- it really was God, and uh, and thankfully she still has that love for me. I think, (laughs) Um, but, and, and, you know, and coming back to, you know, putting on my preacher's hat again, you know, the the word for love in the, in the Greek is agape, which means supernatural love. It's, it's from God, you know, and I can honestly say that's really what changed her heart. It must've been God because in the natural, there was nothing in me that she was interested in. I was not the package that she thought she was looking for. But it turned out I was in the end, you know, because God God knew, you know. We're going to take a short break and then we're going to
1: come back and ask you from your perspective about that scenario. But anyway, we'll take a short <laughs> break. Matt Prater is our special guest on Momentum. Uh, while we're taking a short break, why don't you have a quick look at the website, momentumaustralia.org, and uh, we'll be back in just a tick to finish off this conversation. Stay tuned. You're listening to Momentum, a show that helps men succeed in life. Find out more at
2: momentumaustralia.org.
1: All right, well, thanks for hanging around. It is uh, part two of Momentum, and it's Tim and Dez, and our special guest, Matt Prater, for the second week in a row. By the way, if you missed uh, the first week with Matt talking about uh, divorce, uh, you can check that out at uh, MomentumAustralia.org or, of course, the podcast uh, pl- platforms. But we're talking about post divorce how do we navigate that season? But also, then, what happens if and when we want to start dating again? And we just heard the story about, I mean, Matt's irresistible charms and good looks <laughs> and all of the other beautiful qualities that he has that uh, his wife just couldn't resist. But, Matt, I want to ask you from your perspective. When, you know, we, we're we in that space, we're in the single space for a while and, we you know, we might like, have a bunch of friends around us, but all of a sudden one of them just jumps out for mm. whatever reason. How do we know? And so I'm going to ask you, mm. what was it for you then second time around Uh, when you're in this space with Carol about the friend zone but but what was it about that that you then went a step further to go I I think there's something in this yeah what
0: what were some of the things that kind of made that clear for you so for me um you know obviously I'm a pastor I was I was a youth pastor for 10 years uh before I started dating Carol and um obviously I was Uh, feeling the call uh, to be in ministry uh, eventually, you know, in my life. And so I was really looking for someone that had that same spiritual passion and fervour, you know. And when Carol and I were working together, we were selling websites and we'd drive around seeing businesses and we'd sit with the business and, uh, you know, do a pitch to do their website or something, you know. Um, And we'd always uh, get on well professionally. But then in the car, um, we'd always put on worship music. And we'd just pray for each other, and and I just remember we'd always um, just talk about God all the time, you know. We just and, and I, I was like, wow, this this girl is really on fire for God, you know. It's re- this is really refreshing, you know. And and then I I remember um, going through a process of saying, all right, Lord, I'm I'm starting to feel more uh, for her than just friendship, you know. And I'm like, Lord, you know, I've just been through this divorce and. Am I ready? You know, I don't want to rush into it? What should I do lord? you know and and so I actually threw out a fleece, you know i did the did did the uh the Gideon thing that Gideon did in the bible and and I remember um saying to the Lord, all right, Lord, I want to tell Carol that I like her, but if she doesn't like me back and we have to work together, it could be really awkward. So I said, Lord, can you get me a new job And at the time I was doing radio school at ninety six five in Brisbane. And Hayden Sargent was the uh, the chairman of the radio station at the time. And uh, that day that I prayed that prayer, I got a call from Hayden Sargent saying, I heard you used to work in radio sales. Do you want to come and be in our sales team? And I'm like, all right, Lord, <laughs> that's a bit of a sign. It's the wrong answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I would literally just prayed that morning, Lord, can you get me another job? And then I was offered that job. And so I thought, all right, well, I better tell her. So that's how I told her. I said, oh, I've got some good news and some bad news. Um, the, uh, the bad news is I've been offered another job and I'm going to be leaving the website company soon. I said, but the good news is, and I thought I can't tell her I love her straight away, I said, um, I've got really strong feelings for you. <laughs> Can I take you out on a date? And she was like, oh, she was like so shocked. And so she, firstly she said, oh, I'm really sad that you're leaving. And I thought, that's a good sign. <laughs> And then she agreed to go out on the date, which also was a good sign. And that's kind of how our dating relationship started, you know. so
2: I, I want to take you in a slightly different direction if I can, Matt. And it's about, I guess, essentially the church and the way the church reacts. Yeah. Uh, you were clearly in leadership in church when, you know, you went through the divorce and the yep. separation and stuff. Um, there's a lot of churches we know who would say, you know, you have to step down, you have to, you know, whatever that that looks like, um, and you can't continue in leadership. What do you think is a biblical answer to that?
0: Yeah, well, I remember at the time thinking, oh, well, I'll never be in ministry again. I'm a divorcee. Um, I just had that condemnation and that thought come to me. And whether it was because of a religious mindset or whether it was the devil or whatever, I just remember thinking, oh, well, I'll just have to give up on that dream of being in ministry. Um, And... Then when Carol and I uh, got married, and then we were offered uh, a job as a youth pastor at a, at quite a large church in Brisbane, I was like, "Oh wow, they don't really care that I'm a divorcee who's remarried." Wow. And then when I was offered the church at New Hope here, that no no one cared. I'm like, "Wow, all that condemnation, all that guilt, and that worry just appeared to be unfounded." And I know in some churches, and some more probably traditional religious circles. It's it's probably a, a bit more of a bigger deal, but certainly in the the Pentecostal scene that I'm connected to, um, it, it never really has come up. I've had a few people have a go at me over the years. Oh, you were divorced. Oh, you shouldn't be minister. But uh, they've been few and far between. Um,
1: backtracking to then, we we've just heard the story of you guys starting to date. Um, how did the church? approach that, yeah. you know, from a, from a divorce perspective yeah. Were they protective of her knowing that, Hey, well, this guy's got a history, you know, you should be a, a little careful or, yeah. you know, were they encouraging in that? Did they kind of sit you both down and give you some directions around yeah. that? Cause obviously she had her own, uh, ideas
0: of what was and wasn't happening as far as boundaries were concerned, but yeah. tell us a bit about that space. Yeah. Well, I remember going through, uh, you know, some pre-marital uh, counseling and uh, unpacking that with our pastors and talking through it. And they were very sensitive, very caring, very understanding. Um, and we 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 put it all on the table and, and just discussed it and looked at what the scriptures said, you know, so that was a good, healthy way to do it. But I remember one of my good buddies really had a go at me and actually ended our friendship because he thought, this is not right, Matt's divorced, he shouldn't be getting remarried, that's it. He took those scriptures as black and white and appropriating them to today and that's it. And he wrote me off and said, no, this is not God's will, you know. And I remember that guy um, was was just so harsh towards me and really hurt. Um, And anyway, a couple of years later, he ended up in divorce as well. Mm. And I wonder if he thought differently Mm. from then on. But, yeah, that was was a a very tough time.
2: Where grace sort of hangs out in that space. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. That's really amazing. Um, I mean, and certainly, uh, you know, whether you serve in church or don't serve in church, you know, people will have different views. Yeah. And and it's a matter of navigating that as best you can. But at the end of the day, seek the Lord's advice and the Lord will guide you as to what you should be doing. Right.
1: Amen. Yeah. Yeah. So let's speak into this space now for the men listening. And, uh, you know, they might be On the journey of divorce, we've talked about that, but uh, they may be post-divorce right now. Uh, They may be struggling with finding connection points. They might be struggling with loneliness. Um, You know, we've talked about before about momentum. We're we're big on connectivity and men getting connected. But I suppose let's start with the guys in that space. They're they're feeling a little lonely. They don't necessarily have a good friend base around them. I mean, the church can, can do so much, but I mean, you know, we've got to kind of put ourselves out there as well to some degree, but that can be the last thing we sometimes feel like after a divorce.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, firstly I'd say avoid Tinder. (laughs) (laughs) Good move. (laughs) I've heard very bad stories of things. And, you know, and like I've actually got friends that have been on Christian dating apps and things like that and you can try and find someone who's a strong Christian, you know, like – you know, I guess in this day and age with technology and all that, you know, that's kind of something that's a bit more normal than it used to be. But, you know, I, I, once again, I would also say um, go as slow as you can before you, you try and find someone. Um, and also make sure you're not doing it um, to try and satisfy um, some emptiness you have. Um, Jesus should be the only one that really fills that void. Um even when you do get married, your wife won't satisfy that void. Only Jesus does. Only, only a really healthy relationship with Jesus brings contentment to your life. Um, you can't expect your spouse to be the one that fills that empty void in your heart. It, it can only be Jesus. So so I would just say take your time. Um, don't rush into it. Um, and when you feel like um, you, you're ready to put your toe in the water, um, you know, maybe have a couple of good buddies that you're accountable to get you know maybe talk to your pastor about it talk to um your home group leader or something and or your men's group leader and just kind of make sure that you're being accountable about it too because um you can easily make some big mistakes in that arena too Mm. Mm. let's just speak into that space
1: too because i i know i'm sure all of us in this room agree with that 110 percent having people into our speaking to our lives, into that space and getting wisdom, getting advice. Hey, what do you think about this person? Da, da, da. But also, just on the flip side of that, we've also seen where the church can kind of come and control that space a little bit as yeah, well. Yeah. Right? So just, I suppose, how do we navigate that? Because then sometimes the the church can stop relationships or disagree with it. And, you know, I mean, that can cause conflict too. Yeah. And again, it's on an individual basis, but just some, some thoughts around... I need accountability, yeah, but I don't need controlling because it's still me that's got to
0: make the choice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I don't know. Can yeah. you speak into that and, for me? And you know, for me as a pastor, I have learnt um, from uh, doing the wrong thing many years in this situation. I've had people come to me and say, "Oh, should I date that person or, or um, what? Do, what do you what do you think? You know, should should you know? People have asked my advice about it, and I, I always push it back on them and say, "Look." it's between you and god because i i shouldn't be the matchmaker i shouldn't be the you know and and you know i i'm happy to be for them to be accountable to me and for us to discuss about it if the, if they're looking for boundaries or they're looking for wisdom about how to handle the relationship but when it comes to me trying to be controlling or you know and in the past i've tried to be a matchmaker i've i've said to this guy oh you should be with that girl i've been burnt uh, by by opening my mouth to change feet in those circumstances and I've learned as a pastor not to be too controlling or too manipulative in that area um, because it's, it's, it's between them and God. You know, my job as a pastor is to preach the word, to shepherd people, to disciple people, not to be a matchmaker and tell them what to do, you know.
2: hmm. I mean, it's so true. I'm just reminded of uh, history Uh, when I was leading men's ministry and and a group of ladies from the church came and said, hey, where are all the single men in the church? Not that I would know who was single or who was married, but they, they were actively seeking... Friendship, Mm. you know, just even just at that level. And it was very hard to do that in Mm. the church context. Mm. It's really Mm. interesting, isn't it? Yeah. And as a pastor, (laughs) you see that all the time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's cool. Mm. So we're about to wrap up. Give us some tips for men dealing with the church world, going through divorce, what they should look for, what they should avoid.
0: Mm. Mm. Well, when it it comes to uh, divorce, um, I, I think the good thing about being... In, in this day and age, is uh, you know, most of us have got a divorce story. You know, I mean, one in two marriages end in divorce. You know, and you know, actually, I just read a stat the other day for couples who pray and read the Word together, it's one in fifteen hundred end in divorce. That's from Focus on the Family, America. Wow. Whereas without that, it's one in two. You know, so so obviously, it's important to. Pray and be in the Word together, you know. So that that's the point of that. But, but the reality is, a lot of lot of us have divorce stories, um, and it's it's not as a taboo subject as it used to be. So I guess when it comes to the church, just be open and honest about it, you know. Um, and you know, some people carry this condemnation and this shame and guilt around because they're a divorcee. Um, that's probably from the devil, and you just need to get rid of that. Don't don't you know. Romans 8 says, Therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. The law of the spirit of life has set us free from the law of sin and death. We should, we should be set free from that condemnation. Um, whatever's happened in the past, it's in the past. It's under the blood of Jesus. It's forgiven. Um, we need to move forward and, and be who God's called us to be. And if that means uh, dating and, and finding another spouse one day, um, as the Holy Spirit leads, you've got the freedom to do that. Um don't let what what's happening in your past uh, determine your future, you know. Mm-hmm. Um let God guide you in, in, in all your steps, you know. The Bible says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Let the Lord guide you and lead you, you know.
1: Yeah, all right. It's good advice. Well, that is uh, that is it for this week's show. Um, Matt, we just want to say a massive thank you for the last couple of weeks of you speaking on this topic, which, you know, can be pretty divisive in, in church circles. Um, but thank you for sharing your story so openly, honestly, and giving us lots to think about. And we're going to point you to the website once again, momentumaustralia.org, for this week's show once again and also last week's talking on divorce and how we handle that in the church, and how do we handle that as we go through that. So, Matt, really appreciate your input, mate. Thanks, guys. God bless. Momentumaustralia.org is the website. Uh, love you to check out the uh, the website. Have a look at some of the previous shows, and look if you can uh, afford a donation towards keeping Momentum on there all around Australia. We'd love to have you support, Momentumaustralia.org. Until next time, you take care. God bless.
0: You've been listening to Momentum, a show that helps men succeed in life. For more information or to hear this week's show again, go to Momentumaustralia.org.